other coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Valerie Wiesad. Coach Wiesad is an assistant coach for the University of Louisiana at Lafayette Women's Basketball Program. We talked to her today about finding out what you're made of, agreeing to disagree, having good human code, and that sometimes we just need to suck it up and move forward. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. This is going to be fun. Yeah, no, definitely, Coach. We saw it. I, I really appreciate your time. I know you guys are, are are out there getting it done, working hard there at Louisiana Lafayette. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've really worked hard, I would hope, <laughs> to get this platform to a place of uh, just being able to help other coaches and people, mm-hmm. you know, coaches of all, you know, levels in, in the profession. And mm-hmm. and I think your perspective will really add to that and really help our listeners. Uh, so here again, just thank you. Um, so I'm going to start off like I start off everyone, Coach. Uh, how were you mm-hmm. introduced to the game of basketball coming out of the great city of San Antonio, Texas? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the great city. Oh, man. God, I love San Antonio. And, you know, funny enough, I, I joke that, I mean, I was kind of born into it. You know, I had yeah. young parents and my dad, you know, I don't know if you ever played there, but he used to organize and run leagues at the East Side Y. Oh, I grew up when there. Was... David Scott. Yeah, I grew up yeah. there. Yeah, I sure <laughs> did. Okay, so, yeah, he worked there. And, I mean, I just remember being, a like, they said I was just crawling around. And yeah. they would just give me a ball to occupy me. And, there's yeah. you know, the pool and, yeah. you know, just all, all kinds of stuff. So I remember just being around a gym, you know, and of course yeah. he was still in his young hooping days, you know, early twenties, all these men's leagues. So, you know, they didn't can exactly get a babysitter all the time. So just bring me along. And yeah. I just, I don't remember ever not enjoying myself. Like that was my playground. It was just yeah. running through the bleachers, giving me a ball. <laughs> Once I got older, she had a half time, you know, my brothers are, close in age as well and we just grew up playing sports and cyo and yeah all kinds of sports uh, my parents were very very sports you know we're gonna put this on them good teaching lessons all that but i think they enjoyed it too but gosh i know they ran all over the place taking us to practice and it was always one sport after the other um, but just basketball was a passion of mine um you know we joke i mean my dad put a crib a, a hoop on my crib Wow. And I was doing it then. So it's like, <laughs> it was very, it was introduced very, very early. Yeah. Uh, all the sports were. My mom played softball in high school and basketball and volleyball. And my dad played basketball. And it was just sports, sports, sports. But for yeah. some reason, I can't explain it. I'm just so passionate about basketball. And at an early age, it was always like that. Yeah, no, that's great, Coach. You're talking about uh, a culture that your parents built for y'all. In that, oh, for sure. And that you're going to stay busy doing something. You know, yeah. I'm going to just uh, kind of fall by the wayside. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. here again, growing up on that side of town, you know, that's because that's the side of town I grew up on. And, oh, cool. Uh, there's okay. A, there's a lot of opportunities to go the wrong route, a lot of opportunities yeah, to get caught sure. up. And mm-hmm. and I think that's, uh, you know, they use that term at risk. I think all mm-hmm. kids, I think all kid, young people are at risk for the most part, at risk of just yeah. uh, doing nothing, mm-hmm. accomplishing nothing. And then at the end of, of the day, regretting it. Uh, so I think. You know, here again, your parents had the right idea. And so kudos, mm-hmm. kudos to them because it, it's, you know, here again, it's paying dividend. So that's Oh, great. man, I owe them everything for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, Gosh, no. and I worked all these tournaments, AU, in the summer, driving, flying, all that. And yeah. I, I tell them all the time, I don't know how y'all <laughs> did. Like my dad helped coach one of my AU teams in yeah. softball, playing club, and I'm so tired and not knowing they did that with me and then had two younger brothers that to watch. Yeah. I'm like, gosh. I, I don't know how they did it. <laughs> it's a war of attrition. It really is. Yeah. That's, sure. That's good yeah. stuff, coach. So here again, you know, you're talking about how you, you came up in the game and, and kind of mm-hmm. got your your uh, your experiences as a young 
person. So what was your experience like as a basketball player, uh, you know, in high school and in college? Uh, well, high school, uh, I went to O'Connor High School. You know, Coach Wilson, I uh, yeah. want to shout her out. She got her 450th win, I want to yeah, say. big time. Uh, recently, big yeah. Time. And so I joke with her, you got 450 wins. You look the exact same when I was there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, she she was she was very good, and, and O'Connor was a really good experience. And I experienced some adversity my senior year. I tore my ACL. July was the last tournament of club ball, and it was in the New the New Orleans Battle on the Bayou, and tore my ACL right before my senior year. Wow! And so that was, you know, I still remember a couple coaches that were kind of recruiting me, and I remember they were at that game. I tore it. Wow! You know, so of course it was that feeling of like it's all gone, it's it's over. You know, where do you go from here? But you know, honestly, at the time, I didn't think that big picture. It was just. You know, they're trying to give me crutches in the tournament. I'm like, no, I'm walking. You know, I was just very, very, very stubborn, yeah. very stubborn um, person as far as, you know, keeping me away from it. Yeah. I remember, you know, uh, one of the Spurs doctors was able to do our surgery and kept telling me six to eight months, you know, maybe. And I'm like, this guy, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so sure enough, right, <laughs> I, um, I ended up playing my first game full, you know, release in December. Had surgery in August, so I had about a four-month rehab, three-and-a-half months to four-month rehab. And I look back now, like, that's crazy. Yeah, no, that's you nuts. Know, I, would, <laughs> I would not have any of my players come back in four months. No way. But, you know, at the time, you know, I was just that kid. I was that kid, like, you know, I, I wake up at 4 a.m., do my – you know, rehab, do it before school, get to school early, work with our trainer, a really great trainer. Coach St. Charles is actually at Incarnate Word now. Yeah. And then um, would just do stuff during school. After school, went to physical therapy and did it all over again four days a week. Wow. And I guess, you know, was very, very stubborn in that way. So, you know, still played uh, senior year. And then, unfortunately, you know, halfway through district, sprained the ankle, high ankle sprain really bad. Uh, Fought through it. And this was a time when summer school wasn't a requirement. So all my teammates and things of that nature, seniors, didn't go straight to summer school. So we actually played club ball one more year. Yeah. Uh, some of my teammates, you know, tapped, uh, wore, and they all signed their letters of intent. But we played club ball that summer. So I played club ball and, you know, coached. Coach Floyd uh, at the time, Coach Tyndall now, she saw me in a, in a summer tournament, and this is after my senior year, and I'm just trying to play to get a look. Yeah. So she was a coach at Lawn Morris Junior College, and uh, unfortunately that school shut down, but yeah. it's a, it wasn't the same league as Trinity Valley, Tyler Junior College, Gilgore, I mean some heavy hitters. Some big games, yeah. And so, yeah, and so I played two years there. I uh, had – I mean, that's, that's where I tell her all the time. We, we see her at tournaments. She's the head coach at Paris and, you know, some former players will see her at tournaments and we joke that just how crazy she was. (laughs) I mean, conditioning, I've never ran more in my life. And, um, I tell her all the time. I thank her all the time because she wasn't just, Hey, you know, let me put my arm around you and tell you about life kind of coach, but she pushed us so hard that, I found out what I was made of, Wow! you know, meaning I found out at those two years, what my parents raised me to be, wow. you know, and when I say it was hard, I, I don't, I know for a fact, our team probably couldn't handle that kind of preseason or coaching. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, compliance, compliance wouldn't allow it. Right. Wow. But, um, <laughs> saying a lot. I, I think, Oh yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was crazy, but I thank her so much because I found out what I was made of. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't know until you know. Yeah. And so until you go through it. Yeah. So after that, same thing, just kept playing, trying to find a look. And, you know, I had a high IQ, very high IQ for the game. I could pass, you know, that no look stuff. But, you know, my athleticism just wasn't there. And um, I ended up playing my next two years at a NAIA D1 at LSU Shreveport yeah. with Coach Howell. And, again, I absolutely love my experience with him. And what I took from him is just how unbelievably straightforward he was. 
Yeah. I mean, if you sucked, he's like, man, you sucked today. I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> true. I did. You know, because that's yeah. just how my parents are to me. They still are. They're so blunt and honest, and that's the only way I know how to be to my players now. Yeah. And they even laugh at me. They're like, Coach, I can't believe you said that. I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah. just had a – I wouldn't trade it for the world, my experiences, because, you know, I've always said that NAI, JUCO, D2 players, like they play – this game because they want to there's no cost of attendance conversations there's no snacks and all this stuff we spoil our c1 players with now but i mean those kids take out loans to play a ball yeah and so yeah i mean i just i could i'm so grateful very very blessed with the path i took as a player and and really enjoyed those two coaches that i played for three if you include coach wilson at o'connor yeah so what you're talking about coaches you know kind of going back to your injuries and and your your short time span of uh recovering and rehabbing you're talking Mm -hmm. about your competitive your competitive drive and then your grit Mm -hmm. you know there's so much there's so much to to say for grit Uh, i don't think i don't think a lot of people use that word enough i think it should be up in locker rooms because (laughs) every locker room should have uh, uh, the word grit and then a definition below whatever that means to them um, sure. because yeah. that the you know it's just that's what it takes moxie grit determination competitiveness to get mm-hmm. you back in that that whole mindset because your mindset was just and you said stubborn but yeah but sometimes <laughs> that stubbornness is what propels you some people think you know stubbornness is just a negative trait right. or, or manifest into something negative no, but uh not at all man you know i just hearing stories like yours it just reinforces to me personally that mm-hmm. you know, it, it, there's a there's a place for stubbornness and it's not you know a negative thing you know yeah i like kids like that too i mean you know again i keep going back to how i was raised and growing up and if yeah. something hurt it's just ingrained in my head suck it up my mom <laughs> says it I wish she had a dollar every time she said it. We'd be millionaires. Um, <laughs> just suck it up. Yeah. You know, I'm tired. Suck it up. I don't want to do this. Suck it up. Yeah. And so you're right with that grit stuff. And I'm still trying to figure out now how do you how do you teach it and instill yeah. that. I kind of feel like it's in them or it's not. Yeah, maybe it, it can be taught. Yeah. yeah, you know, maybe to a certain extent. I, I'm not going to give up on, you know, kids. It's been nice to see growth and all these kids I've been able to coach as of late, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, again, I go back to coach Floyd at Lon Morris. She, she didn't exactly, you know, tell us why she was doing it, teach us, you know, how to get through it. It was just do it or you're gone. Oh, wow. And you know, the ones that made it through had that grit. Yeah. And you know, I, you're right. It'd be nice to have that mantra and it's, I yeah. guess it's just a matter of getting to know your kids, seeing who's yeah. really got it and who doesn't. Definitely, kind of, kind of finding where uh, there's so many things that young people are into, if you will, and their mind, <laughs> especially going into college, their minds sure. are everywhere. They're thinking, should I have majored in this? Why am I changing my major? Why am I taking that class? <laughs> am I going to graduate later now? Am I earlier now? You know, and I, <laughs> and I think with all sure. that, sometimes with that pressure, especially if they're hooping they've got so many other stressors and there's so many variables involved in their decision-making process that they don't even, they, do. know, they don't even know sometimes that they have grit. And I think, yeah, as, you're right. I think as it's, as, as it's introduced, I mean, this has just been my experience coach. I've introduced the term kind of laid it out the way I feel it applies to my mm-hmm. life and to the things I've experienced. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you see it show up. I mean, it's like, wow, it invokes something um, that maybe was never invoked. And I think that's, you know, I think, yeah, but in my generation, either you had it or you didn't. Nobody was, <laughs> no, with us, nobody was going to sit down and explain it to us. And we we're going to be like, oh, wow, now I'm going to have sure. grit. You know, there's the, there's the switch. <laughs> Let me flip it. Like, nah. It, it, but, sure. I, but I think these generations coming up, um, the passivity can kind of be uh, over overridden by, you know, if we teach them how to be gritty. So, yeah, no, mm-hmm. I appreciate you saying all that, Coach. So, you know, you talk about some of the great coaches that you've been under and uh, and, have, and then you've worked for as well, I'm sure. So who, influ- Absolutely. who influenced you to go into the coaching profession? Well, you know, I can't honestly say there's this 
one person or this this moment of of uh, you know epiphany. This is what I'm going to do for a living. It's yeah. just I honestly think it's been kind of ingrained in me, yeah. and I don't remember growing up thinking like, "Oh, I'm gonna be a lawyer. I'm gonna yeah. be a doctor. <laughs> I'm gonna do this or that." I just I don't remember having that type of you know, I want to be a cop like my brother, you know, I just, I just always just love sports yeah. and that's all. I, and I'm a big focus on what's in the task at hand anyway. I'm a very, very good at in the now being in the moment. Yeah. Um, it was funny. I, I joke and tell this story. I don't remember it. My mom told me that she, um, when they did like some parent teacher conference, I was in elementary school uh-huh. that the teacher came and they met and, it was just all about how Val is so cool at recess. She gets all the boys and girls and picks teams and they play sports and she keeps score. And, <laughs> and they're like, what about her grades? And yeah. Oh no, her grades are fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, she's team. She made team cat. And I'm like, I don't even remember doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so just, I do feel, I, I truly feel just older you get, the more, you know, your, your true self. And yeah. I feel like I do have like an innate, or I was very blessed with the ability to just meet people at whatever level they're at and try and bring the best out of them. Yeah. And I, I really enjoy that. It, maybe it comes with that point guard role too. I think being a point yeah. guard, you have to make everybody around you better. That's true. And so just, I've always been a point guard. I've just kind of always been that way, you know, and yeah. it just naturally led into coaching. I mean, it was either play professional or, coach like those are the two closest ways to be around this game and yeah and I was realistic I'm, I'm such a realist I already knew and my, my two years junior senior year like let's figure out how I can be a coach yeah and you know of course at the time I didn't know what level I didn't know college or high school but I at least checked all the boxes of well let me go into education get my teacher cert and just go from there yeah now you know you're explaining something that's uh, I think it's really important for a lot of people who aspire to go into coaching is kind of figure out why you're going to do it. You're the why uh, and then mm-hmm. how to do it as well. And so that's, yeah, you gotta uh, do that how. Yeah, it's it's so it's so important. <laughs> I think you're right on the mm-hmm. on the whole PG thing because that's that's how I came up. I was always looking. Okay. I was a pass first point guard, just looking to set, oh, yeah. set the table my for favorite everybody. Kind. Yeah, and, and my <laughs> coaches, you ask them, and they'll say he never shot an outside shot because I just I was set everybody up and I think with that mentality and the self-awareness you have if you have self-awareness you really that's know good. you know where you're headed and you know that's why good. and you know why you're doing what you're doing and I think that's uh that's very important for coaches uh every coach to be self-aware enough to say yeah I know I know what I'm getting into I know what my mm-hmm. strengths are and I'm vulnerable enough right. to know where my weaknesses are and this yeah. is how I can help a program and uh, and make a difference. So yeah, uh, that's great, coach. Self awareness. That's good. I yeah, like that. It's big. It's big. Uh, so here again, your first role as a coach in college. What was that experience like for you? Oh, it's so much fun. Uh, I got my first coaching job again. I was extremely fortunate and blessed to get in there right after. Uh, well, I, I finished playing, and then I needed an extra semester to do my student teaching and graduate with my undergrad. So Coach Howell let me stay on as a student assistant for that first semester, graduated. So the spring, I was a grad assistant. Wow. And it was always a, I don't know why, I just felt like I I just had to get my master's. I figured, you know, it wouldn't hurt. I'm not saying that opens all these doors, but it dang sure doesn't close it. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I knew master's was the role. And so did that right after graduating and then my first full-time job again at 22 years old uh, coach Trina Horde now at Tyler Junior College hired me and she is a powerhouse at a power school Tyler Junior College is just always top 25 in the country and I remember playing against her and just how (laughs) passionate is a great word she was unbelievable passion and I loved every day I was there. It was exhausting because I wore so many hats. It's just me and her. Yeah. But coach, I owe I, I her so much. I tell her this all the time, you know, when I can, that I owe where I'm at now is to you for letting me no experience, no, you know, came from an NAI school and she took a chance. 
she didn't have to. Everyone's like, well, what's your experience, right? And yeah. she, she just took a chance. I will honestly say that's also because the assistant I replaced was Courtney Pruitt. And I played for Courtney at Lawn Morris. She was our assistant coach. Okay. And so she's up in the coaching ranks now. She's a head coach at Alcorn. Did a heck of a nice. job when she was at Wiley. Made a jump from NAI head to Division One head. That's crazy. And she just coaches her tail off. So she spoke on my behalf wow. to get that job with Trina. And, you know, again, I think if I wasn't that stubborn, hard-nosed kid as a player, I don't know that Courtney would have said that for me to step into this coaching role. But, you know, she took she had faith and had my back. And that first year with Coach T, man, I learned – I mean, you better do everything hard and full speed. Yeah. And if not, you get on that baseline. Yeah. And you don't make those times, she's going to bring the med balls out. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, it was just, old school. you see these kids. Old school, but yeah. she's so new school. And the fact that the way she talks to them, she's so funny. Yeah. Every every kid just laughs wow. when you're with Coach T. But at the end of the day, I mean, we went 25-8 and eight that year and had a heck of a team. And they all went on to, to play at their respective schools. and. I just had so much fun coaching with her and she's a nut, but she's so <laughs> intense and why not be both? Right. Right. No, so, I mean, you're here again, you're talking about a charismatic coach who gets it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, uh, I don't know how rare that is, or I don't know how prevalent that is, but it's sure. great. Okay. It's great when you, when you come across a coach who is like, just they're in their own lane and, oh yes, and, yeah, yeah. And, and they're not looking too far ahead, which is hard for coaches not to do. And sure. they're definitely never looking back. And that's they, what and it they is. care yep. and they care about the kids and, and that's their life at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like you talked about earlier, part of your self awareness was knowing where you, you know, being in the space that you're in at that moment, being where your feet are at. And I think right. that, that's exactly what kind of coach she is too. So that's great. And I learned that, yeah, I learned that being where they're now she uh, humble as heck, but had a heck of a career. Played for Gary Blair at wow. SFA and coached with her at Arkansas when they went to the Final Four. And you wow. wouldn't know that because uh, she wouldn't tell you. Wow. She's just herself. That's so And cool. just fun, wild, and crazy. She'll make a friend uh, with anyone on the street. So wow. just a great, great experience. And uh, what a great way to start start off my coaching career. Yeah. And at Tyler, you know, you hear TJC, you're like, ooh. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. great yeah. Juco. Yeah, that region's tough altogether. Uh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so Coach, uh, what do you feel like you bring to the table to help implement the vision that your head coach, Coach Broadhead, has for the program? What, what do you feel like like uh, you bring to add value to that program? Well, I, I really am grateful that he allows me to be myself. You know, I mean, I say – I'm very straightforward, and and the more I've been, the long this is the longest I've been at a place. This is year three, and I open up more and more of who I am with these kids. And this year, we're just having a blast. I mean, I he lets me rip and a new one, but give him a hug right after. And (laughs) you know, I'm just very, very much myself, and 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 it allows me to develop these, you know, good coaching relationships with the players because. Yeah. They're not going to listen to you unless they trust you. And yeah, true. Um, Coach Broadhead 100% allows me to coach. Yeah. And I heard this is my only D1 school I've coached at, but I've definitely heard how it is at other schools. I'm telling you, this is very, very rare. Again, I feel so blessed to be in this position in this university because he lets us coach. I, I My voice is very hoarse right now. I mean, I yell. <laughs> a lot in the game, but it's because I called plays. He allows me to call play. He allows wow. me to to really help coach that offense that we have right now, and he lets me have a huge hand in it and have a big hand in how to do drills, implement plays, implement mismatches, and he allows me to bring a lot of that specifically to the offensive side. But at the end of the day, we're all involved in game planning. We're all very active in practice, and he really – he gave me a really big platform. It's gotten bigger each year, so I feel like at the same time I had to earn it. Yeah. And so that's why it just feels so good this year, earning his trust, earning the players' trust. Like 
they didn't know me. And now it's like, coach, what do you think? What is this? I'm seeing that. And he really allows me to coach. That's and uh, I'm very appreciative of that. Very excited. So you talk about empowerment, you know, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's really what that is when a coach gives you the autonomy that, that you can put, mm-hmm. you can put your fingerprints on what y'all are doing. Uh, Absolutely. Super important, super important. Cause then why else would you be on staff? You know? Yeah, sure. Well, no, no ego, you know, no ego. I mean, things that the players like, they're like, oh, coach, good player, good call, whatever. And it's like, no ego, nothing of that nature with Coach Broadhead. And that's what what makes it fun to be here. Yeah, awesome, Coach. So given that, like what you're talking about, kind of the rapport you have with your players, with the Mm -hmm. coaching staff there, how do you process when you're – your head coach, the other assistants, players, anybody gives you feedback or even criticism because we all have a role to play, but sometimes we miss the mark or we can do something better. You know, as, as an educator, best practices are always kind of the thing, right? And so sure. when you hear feedback or even criticism, coach, how do you process that? How do I process it? I mean, I just like I process praise, you know, you just, listen to it, chew on it and spit out what you think is not going to help you. Wow. You know, I just, I'm very good at agreeing to disagree. And, yeah. and, and that's what I love discussion. Gosh, I love, Dialogue. you know, every coach that I've worked with, I still have a very close relationship with them. And I, I take pride in that, but I'll still call Jason Martin, the head coach, St. Mary's. Hey, what did you think yeah. of this? What do you, I'm, I'm thinking this, um, you know, set or spread or action. What were your thoughts on, on it? And same with, you know, Chris Menner, we were at Artley Lake for two years and call him a lot, just picking his brain. And I really enjoy doing that with our staff here. And um, I get into so many conversations with our associate head Deacon Jones as well. And, you know, I'll, I'll give him my thoughts. You know, he does a lot of the defense. I'm like, Hey, we really did this and it worked. And he does the same, just choose on it you know, spits it out if you don't want it. And at the end of the day, we know we have a common goal. That yeah. is to win. Yeah. And so if my point guard comes up and says, coach, this is just not working. I'm like, well, what do you think? I think this, let's do it. Wow. And so I'm not crazy to think, you know, <laughs> I'd have all the answers. I, I absolutely still make mistakes with this coaching game thing. And, yeah. and so I, I, I really need feedback. I, I, I crave it, to be honest. Uh, what's that phrase? I'd rather be saved by criticism than ruined by praise. Wow. I'm not a big fan of that. Hey, you're so good. You're great. Hey, good kid. I'm like, okay, (laughs) what did you see? What do you need? I get, it goes back to how I was raised, man. I'm telling you. I mean, my parents watch that game, every game they can. And if we play bad, they're like, Hey, this was bad. Your players need to do this. What happened with the (laughs) rebounding? I'm like, okay. Yeah. I mean, you're right. (laughs) Consultants. You know? Yeah, that's good. It's so yeah. real. Yeah. Just being real. I don't like fake, you know, compliments. I don't yeah. like false criticism just to say something. Like, Pretent- give me the real. Yeah, pretentiousness. Yeah, that's tough. You know, I like yeah. what, I like what you said, Coach, because I think it's a, if society could take this approach, I think it'd be a better place. Not that it's a bad one, but it could be <laughs> much better to agree to disagree. That's so huge. Agree to uh, disagree. And that's so, it's, to me, yeah. that's... Uh, I don't know. It's a sign of maturity. Uh, I think yeah, possibly. I, yeah. yeah, I think it is a. No, I, I mean, I say that facetiously, but it is it really is a sign of maturity. <laughs> you know, to agree to disagree because you, like you said, you like the dialogue, healthy dialogue. I do. Uh, getting, Discussion yeah, is good. Yeah, getting to the bottom of things because I think that's how mm-hmm. we solve problems. Not just stating, mm-hmm. s- simply stating a problem is not solving a problem. And sure. uh, I, I take, I kind of take issue with people who are just constantly complaining. Um, yeah, because at the end of the, yeah, because at the end of the day, when I complain, I literally feel like, who cares? Like I tell myself <laughs> that, like, who cares, man? Like, get over it, move on. Suck it up. Yeah, exactly. Suck it up. You know? <laughs> That's I just great. I'm right? telling you, it's yeah. ingrained in yeah. me. Yeah, man. no, yeah, I can suck tell. it up. I could tell you even told me right now. <laughs> so that's great. Coach. <laughs> so, coach, uh, you know, given all that, uh, you know, your experience is right. You were, sure. you know, you even served as a head coach for a while yeah. too at uh, LSU Shreveport. You were an assistant, uh, yeah. like you said, at Our Lady of the Lake at, at Tyler Junior College. Uh, you know, what 
when you think about all that experience, and I, mm-hmm. and I and I need you to finish this sentence for me. The life of a college coach is. <laughs> God, like rewarding, exhausting, fun, <laughs> exciting, sad. You know, I mean, <laughs> everything. The life of a college coach is is everything. Yeah. I guess rewarding came to my my head first. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you want to teach these kids how to win. Yeah. And that's, as uh, to be honest, as a college coach, that's the business side of things. Yeah. You don't get to coaching college if you don't win. True. Because decisions will be made. Yeah. But we sign up for that. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. signed up for that. But I love teaching kids how to win. And that's right now in college, in their four years with me, they have a scoreboard that tells them if they won or lost, right? Yeah. But they're going to go on to be doctors. You know, I mean, just speaking on my kids right now, physical therapist, one's in uh, social work, another, a teacher, math teacher and coach. And, yeah. you know, all these things, one works in admissions at a university. And those are just off the top of my head. So how do they know if they won or not? Well, they better show up on time. They better yeah. do their work in a, in a good fashion at the best of their ability. They better bring the people around them better. And it's an office setting. It's a clinic. It's out in the homes of the of, you know San Antonio. Yeah. How do you know if they won? Well, it's about their actions. Yeah. And that's so important to me as a coach is that's how you teach them how to win. Yeah. Because right now a school board tells you, but there's going to be ways that you need to win and the school board's not going to tell you. So how do you know? Yeah. Now this thing is doing those things, doing the right things, doing whatever it is to the best of their ability. Yeah. And that's very, very important to me. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I got very uh, excited to learn more about Vivian Stringer. I was a GA and they were playing in Shreveport in the first two rounds. And they wanted extra shoot-around time. Well, Coach Howell was out of town. He was like, I already know Val. Here's my keys. Let him in. Make sure you're on time. Da-da-da. I'm like, done. <laughs> you know, I knew about wow. Vivian Stringer. So I got to watch them practice and shoot around for the for the three days leading up to the first two rounds. And I was just in awe. I was a kid watching, uh, you know, their heroes. Just, she was yelling at him, cursing at him. <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm like, oh my God, this is the day of the game shoot around shit, you know, and it was yeah. amazing. Intense. So, you know, so it made me want to go read her book and I read her book, you know, right after. And there's a line I'll never forget in that book. It says from her, she says, I am the last person these kids see and are around before they enter the real world. Yeah. And I take that wow. very seriously. And that hit me at, I was 22 at the time and I've never forgotten that quote from her. That's big. And I, t- I take that very seriously. Yeah. Unbelievable seriousness on that. You know, when these kids come play college, it's, it's your job to get them prepped for the real world. Yeah. And yeah. so that's huge. Yeah. That's accountability. Like that. Yeah. It's accountability on your part, you know, holding, holding yourself accountable to hold them accountable to make sure you did mm-hmm. your due diligence and not just uh, squandered that opportunity and kind of mm-hmm. that responsibility. So that's 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 huge, and that's a great coach. Uh, yeah, got to like, win though. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> like, you know, you yeah, know, it's all peaches and cream. If you, if you, but if you don't win, it, it's all for nothing. You know, it seems like you know what I mean. And so, it's well, that's great. the best part is yeah. when they win. It's like, oh, I see why. Like I'm yeah. <laughs> standing so straight up. Sense. This girl next to me is bent over, huffing and puffing. I see why you ran us now, coach. I'm like, yeah. Ah. yeah. Yeah, and just seeing their like aha moment, oh, it's it's the best. Yeah, it That's is. the best it part. It is because you know? the uh, the things <laughs> that you prognosticated to them, it starts right. coming to fruition, and then it's yes. like, wow, Nostradamus over here, wow, <laughs> she, you're just you know so wise, and and it, and it, and, it is, <laughs> and, and, and it is wisdom because you can have knowledge, but without the application of knowledge, you don't have wisdom. And you don't have sure. an impactful situation, so yeah, I, sure. I, I like when you talk about winning, Coach. Uh, I, I just, I can't, I came back from speaking to. Uh, we do kind of a little, uh, you know, encouraging time with the homeless people that we work with here in town, 
And, mm-hmm. and I talked to him about winning and losing. I mean, you're talking, I'm talking to homeless people about winning and losing. Right. And, yeah. I, and I know they've taken some L's. That's why they're in the situation they're in. But, sure. you know, I'm talking about, look, when you take a loss, it's a lesson and, you know, trying to encourage them. So I, I get completely what you're saying and how it, um, it comes across as not just uh, a now thing, a basketball thing, uh, a, an educational thing. It's a life thing. And so, and so I'm, I'm so glad you, you have that mentality and, and you shared that with us. So coach, yeah. uh, you know, how important do you think, because I, we, I don't think we hear enough about it, uh, mental health. I, I don't think we hear enough about it in the athletic space. Uh, I just, you know, we talk about it when it's a mindset, like you got to have a performance mindset. You got to have a uh, killer instinct. You got to, you know, those type of things. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But how important do you think mental health is in, in, in the space uh, that you work in in particular? Well, it's everything in any space. You know, I mean, mental health is what, you know, that's what makes society go. And I think that's important in anything you do. And so what, as far as from my focus in mental health, I want to make sure our girls, our kids are comfortable. I don't ever want these kids to be on pins and needles like, oh gosh, what kind of mood is coaching? Like, no, they know exactly what they get when they meet me. They know exactly what they're going to get every single day from me. So it's important for us to be, for us as coaches to be mentally healthy because we need to be consistent. Yeah. We need to let erratic motions, erratic practices, our responses different one day than the other. That That's not good for kids wow. or for young adults. Wow. And so as far as mental health, it starts with us as the coach, as the individual. And then as far as the kids, I think they just need to be comfortable. If there's something is wrong, I hope they would be comfortable to come tell me and and, and honestly, that's when I say rewarding, the life of a college coach is rewarding. That's rewarding because, you know, I've had a vast number of kids cry in the office, talk yeah. about this in the office. And I don't seek it. I don't necessarily ask what's going on, you know, as far as their personal lives. It just kind of organically comes out. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that's the most important part for your players is, they need to be comfortable to tell you anything, to react, you know, honestly. If they keep hiding what's hurting them because they're uncomfortable in telling you as a coach, that's where you get these mental health issues, in my opinion. There's, I mean, I'm no psychologist, psychiatrist, yeah. but yeah. as a coach and as far as what I need to do in my place is make sure they are comfortable and I'm consistent. Yeah. And the the girls laugh at me. They mock me. And, you know, I think if the kids can mock you, they're listening. Yeah, no, for <laughs> so sure. That means they were I listening. Say these yeah. things. Oh, it's great. I when they do it. Even the funny stuff, they'll mock me. I'm like, that's pretty good. <laughs> but they were listening. Yeah. So I say this all the time. Is you just got to have good human code. You yeah. know, just be respectful to everybody. And if they just watch you, you don't even know if they're watching. You don't do it because they're watching. But you're just respectful. You pick up a trash bottle, put in the trash just because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, you treat them with respect, treat their families with respect when you're in the recruiting process and, and coaches and just, to me, it's called human code. Wow. And that's, I've always said that you just got to have human code. No matter what religion, no matter where, how much money these kids came from, everyone's different. But if you have good human code, it just creates for a really good environment. And so they say, oh, coach, good human code, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, wow. that's right. But I think that's very important. And if they, you know, start treating human code as a a thing that they want to be and, and are that way to their teachers and their peers and their families and back home, it's like, you know, one little act of kindness, it's a ripple effect. You never know how far it goes and you shouldn't care. Cause you should just do it no matter what. Yeah, no. So, yeah, that's great. Coach. Just have good human code. Yeah, no, that's great. I've never heard that term before. And maybe I haven't I, either. It just came to me randomly. Wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, you better trademark it soon or I will. No, uh, nah, nah. <laughs> I think, you know, human code, AKA integrity, integrity. I think that's kind of like, it leans towards that doing the right thing when no one's looking 
uh, doing the, I don't even know, I think some people would call it going the extra mile nowadays, but I think it's just kind of. I would hope not. Yeah. Just, I, I think, code, I, just do it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of what it leans toward is, is like there's so much goodness in all of us, yet we choose to not uh, walk in it. I mean, I don't know. But I, I just love yeah. the term. I really do. Because I, I, am, I am a psychology guy. And that's. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm huge on it. And, and I am so much into the mental aspect of things. And always, sure. as, even as a kid, I'm like, why do people think the way they do? Why do people do yeah, what sure. they do? And I think that uh, human code is so good. I'm, I'm really glad you, you, you came up with yeah. that. Because so even if they act a certain way, maybe we don't know why. Yeah. But, you know, as long as we have that, you know, empathy towards it and yeah. understanding and just treat them Huge. like good humans, yeah. you know, I think it could bring some good things around your program. And it's worked for me. I mean, when, again, I've never intended to ever. Every job I've had, I'm like, cool, I'm here. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, God opens another one. I, kind of follow suit but it's it's been i've been able to maintain relationships everywhere i've been and i don't think it's anything special i'm doing it's just being you know holding that good human code and and just thoroughly enjoying being around the people i'm with when i'm with them and it just kind of carries on and so i love calling you know coach Howell, chris minner jason martin you know coach t uh we talk all the time and that's that's where again it's rewarding very rewarding that's great coach again thank you for sharing that because i think there's a lot of uh coaches out there they're kind of trying to navigate their way through the experience of interpersonal relationships with people and their team and and feeling kind of like sometimes at a loss like i don't connect with these people Uh, and i Mm -hmm. think and i think that's that's one way to connect with people so that's great so coach given all the experience that you've had uh you know and just, you know, the experience that you've gained from working with here again with the coaches you say you work with and the things mm-hmm. that you've learned from them. What have you learned about yourself throughout your career? Well, I guess I guess you're always learning, right? But what yeah, yeah. I guess maybe not so much about myself, but what I've learned is things are just so much better when you are yourself. Yeah. You know, and you know, when I when you, when I got my first head coaching job, I was 26 years old and I just was trying to figure out, okay, what kind of head coach am I? Just trying to create this character, you know, based off the coaches that I worked with already. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit of yelling, a little bit of crazy, a little bit of, you know, and yeah. so just trying to figure it out, but honestly, I've learned that gosh, if you are just unapolog- unapologetically yourself which again if you have good human code people are going to gravitate towards you anyway and I mean I've just learned that I'm myself and the you know mentally healthy the best when I'm myself and I'm not trying to be a yeller or be a uh, stern or be silly like I'm all of it to be honest yeah and whatever comes out comes out and it's been fun yeah. I mean, it really cracks me up when kids are like, Coach, remember when you told me that? I'm like, man, I don't know what I was thinking. That was funny, though, huh? <laughs> and she's, they're like, yeah, yeah, I did it, though. I did it. I'm like, you yeah. sure did, kiddo. Wow. And so just being un- unbelievable, honest in myself, when I make mistakes, I'm like, oh, crap, my fault, guys. Yeah. Let's do it. And they so and when they correct you, I love when the kids are like, Coach, no, you said. I'm like, oh, yeah. you're right. <laughs> and, uh yeah. Yeah, I've learned that, though. I had to learn it because, you know, at that young age, at 26, I'm head coach, and I'm just like, okay, just trying to emulate all these people. Yeah. But, it, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's not going to work fully because that's not you. Right. And right. so, I mean, since then and realizing that, I don't, I can't tell you when I realized that, but just it's been such a fun ride since yeah. that head coaching day and figuring out the people you're around and just opening up more as you get to know these staff and players you're with each year. It's, it's been really fun. That's and I, I love just not having to act a certain way. Like, yeah. no, just yeah. chill, nonchalant. And then once that ball hits, I don't know what happens. The switch goes off and <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. I just want to win so yeah. bad. 
I hear you. And it, it rubs off. So Yeah, you're talking about that you know your identity. And that's yeah, huge. For sure. That's huge because that stuff rubs off on players because I think uh that's true. I have another podcast that I do for professional players, right? And one of the oh, things cool, we cool. Yeah, one of the things we focus on is their identity. Like you've had all the success, you're playing professionally. Uh, overseas mainly those guys and Mm -hmm. do you know who you are still you know do you Mm -hmm. do you know uh are you comfortable in your skin and I think that's Mm -hmm. what you're talking about you're talking about like I'm comfortable in my skin now I'm not here like you said trying to emulate other people because I think we all do as coaches we hear we get some inspirational stuff from John Wooden or Coach K (laughs) or or uh like you said Coach Coach Stringer or uh Pat Summit you know even I've taken Mm -hmm. stuff from Pat Summit um, oh, heck but, yeah. but but at the end of the day, I am who I am, and mm-hmm. and I'm very comfortable <clears throat> with it. Whether you know love me or hate me or you're indifferent, I'm still gonna be who I am. And and I and I think that's that's a great thing, coach, to really know who you are, because it right. like I said, it, it's contagious. And I think your players will, you know, start to emulate that uh, trait. Well, it's hard to lead when you don't know who you are. Yeah, yeah. If you can't lead yourself, how are you gonna lead a group of fifteen? You know. 12 to 15 impressionable youngins. So yeah, 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 it's been, it's been a good experience just learning on, on the fly, especially being given that head coach's seat. Um, You know, if it ever happens again, it's like, I'll know how I could have done better, what I could have done better and and certainly implement that, you know, in the future. Cause if you don't know yourself, you don't know what your mistakes were. Right. Wow. Good stuff, coach. Self-awareness again. Yeah, that's good stuff. So, Coach, you know, I uh, I think there's a lot of, you know, aspiring coaches out there, male, female, mm-hmm. uh, but I think they don't know how to kind of get into the coaching profession or even if they should. Yeah. So what advice would you give them uh, as far as, like, what to expect or how they could possibly go about, you know, jumping into the, the, the coaching ranks? Well, I mean, if you want to jump into it, it's definitely going to have to be some type of risk, right? I mean, yeah. every person has a different setup, different finances, different family situations, but it's definitely going to have to risk some things. And it's not the most lucrative business when you just start. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> so lots of sacrifices and lots of time will need to be dedicated to it that you won't be rewarded for and at least not initially not immediately yeah but you know coach ray actually asked me a question somewhat like this and again i don't exactly prep for these answers but as i was talking you know for young coaches how can they kind of break through and get up in this business is people say this all the time people said this to me and i I never understood why i just couldn't grasp it i didn't like it it was all about who you know all about who yeah. you know. And then at some final four, someone was like, some, you know, philosopher was just, oh, it's all about who knows you. No. Actually, you might no. know who Kim Mulkey is, but she doesn't know you. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but something that came to me as I was speaking, and again, I just, I, I say the God thing, I don't know, it came out, but yeah. it's about who's watching you. Yeah. And so I'm an example of that because when Coach Broadhead, I didn't really know him and he didn't really know me just on this convert, like personal deep level. We saw each other once a year in the summer. I was like, Hey, how you doing? Good season. Yeah. You too. Okay. Bye. But when he had this opening up, it was like he, it clicked when he saw me. And so when he saw me, he remembered all the other times he saw me and I was working. I wasn't socializing. I wasn't, yeah. You know, on my phone a lot, you know, it's a little harder with all these apps and recruiting, but yeah. I was just very focused and I had no clue he was watching me. Yeah. And so it almost turned into other opportunities where these other coaches have inquired about me. And what they said is, I watch you when we're recruiting and you, you're, you have your notes out, you're there early, or you leave late. And I'm just kind of like, and they're in awe by it. And I'm just like, is it? that what you're supposed to do i don't understand <laughs> why is yeah, this again yeah. i don't like compliments like that like that's what your, your job that's my that's what you're supposed to do yeah but 
it really and truly has led to some positive things just because they didn't know who I was, but they were watching my actions. Yeah. And so anybody, again, you could be at the mall, at a restaurant, at the gym, in your practice. Someone is watching you. Yeah. And that someone might know someone who knows someone. Like, yeah. you don't know these people. I don't know these people. I don't try to. I just, I'll talk to anyone with good human code. Yeah. You just never know. So whose eyes are on you, that's to me important. So yeah. whatever it is you're doing, whether it's a small scout, a practice, a recruiting trip, you know, for these young people, they got to be on their A game all yeah. the time. Don't be acting crazy in public when you don't have your coaching stuff on. Yeah, You just don't know who's watching you. True. So that's always been my advice to anybody, really, because it led to positive things for me just, Again, I hear this, suck it up, you're tired, it's 8 <laughs> o'clock, you got a game that ran late, yeah. suck it up, you got to watch it, you got to stay. Yeah. And uh, apparently someone was watching at that time, Yeah. so you just, that could help. You know, yeah. always have good human code, and yeah. you never know who's watching you, Yeah. and that could lead to some really cool opportunities. Yeah, no, it's, inv- it's an investment to, like you're talking about, having that human code consistently. And it not being an, an act like we talked about earlier. Exactly. And if, yep. you, and if you can uh, just be yourself. Man, there's so many keys here. I'm right, I've got a ton of notes, Coach. Uh, <laughs> just so many things that I think lead to uh, personal happiness at the end of the day. Like even if you don't have the success that you want at whatever level you're at or in the profession, if you keep these things close to you and you do these things and you know who you are and you're self-aware – and you have the human code, like you said, good human code, like you said, and right. you, you're really like you're winning in life because yeah. there's so many people yeah. who struggle with all those things and wind up, sure. you know, there's a lot of good people with bad habits. There really sure. is. And the bad yeah. habits lead to good. kind of a bad mentality and a bad lifestyle and bad results. And so people judge them as like, oh, those guys are idiots. And they, no, they just, <laughs> they just have bad habits. And maybe some of them yeah. are. Maybe some of our do some of them do have that idiot code, but uh, at, <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, I think you win all the time when you kind of carry these characteristics and traits with you. So here again, coach. And I, in our business, it leads to winning. Yep. You know, I mean, yeah. tell our kids like you're a teammate, you're a friend, you know, your sister. Like, have good human codes yeah. with these people because if you don't, there's not a magical. I've been. I've stolen so much stuff from all these great coaches as far as drills, plays, actions. That don't mean nothing if these kids aren't connected and have good chemistry with each other. Yeah, I'm not that good a coach to draw up this magical play yeah. that's going to work if they all hate each other. Yeah, no so true. Yeah, you just got to have it. It leads to winning. Yeah, true, very true, Coach. So in your own personal life, Coach, uh, because the road that you've taken has been so uh, different in the sense that, you know, assistant head coach, GA, you know, kind of all, you know, not all over the place, but uh, some good stops. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in each of those times, you had to sacrifice something, maybe even as a, as a GA, like you talked about earlier about, you know, the, you know, the onset of your career. It's not, you know, a lucrative uh, situation. But no, yeah, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> what, what have you sacrificed to be where you're at today, coach? I would say just time, sleep, <laughs> you know, maybe finances. Sure, I could have went high school route right away. You yeah. know, teaching in Northside, San Antonio, yeah. pretty dang good. Oh, That's my God. Lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> That's lucrative. Yeah, Summer's yeah. off. Some of my friends coach in high school and they by the pool or yeah. vacationing in June and I'm in a gym and practice. I'm like, what am I doing <laughs> but no it, it's just it's hard to say it was sacrificed just because this is exactly what I've always wanted to do yeah. you know as far yeah. as level I've never had a specific goal it was just been coach basketball at the collegiate level and so yeah I mean I sure I've missed holidays lots of Thanksgivings lots of birthdays uh I told my cousin that she was very selfish to have her wedding in March during our conference tournament. I thought, 
how dare she, right? Yeah, um, the gall. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, miss miss those things that you know, you know, big Hispanic family, very very close knit. Yeah, yeah. It's per, it stinks yeah. to miss those things. You know, yeah. I have three nephews, twin twin boys, and a and a one year old nephew with my my brother and his wife, and it, I really I miss seeing them at their games at all these things and get the videos and stuff that's great but they've the family has just been unbelievably supportive but proud and so just all these sacrifices and things just go away when you see how proud they are like oh yeah. you know typical mom right posting everything you do on facebook yeah. and this stuff yeah. right it makes them proud and it and you go to the christmas function and your uncles are like hey where are you i've been following you i heard you're doing good and it makes it worth it yeah for sure so you know you you have to sacrifice i, I guess the time spent and uh, you know time away but at the end of the day i think it'll pay off you know you just never know what the future holds yeah so it's been mo- much more rewarding than sacrifice gotcha. to me yeah, no, when you're doing what you love to do, um, like you talked about earlier, signing up for things like, yeah, you signed up for it. You knew what you're getting into and you knew kind suck of. Suck it up. Yeah, suck <laughs> it up. <man. laughs> you know, those are, those, are yeah. the, those are the things that uh, transcends your feelings and your emotions sure. at times because uh, yeah. we can all get in our feels for real. Like we can kind of really get to the point where we start feeling bad for ourselves. Like you talk about the Hispanic culture. We're so tight knit, right? And like, oh uh, man, you know, if we're it, our own team, right? Yeah, it's like you know, you everybody's gonna start feeling like, oh, now you think you're too good for us. Is that why you're not around? Oh, you, you know, why, why can't you show up? Oh, wow, you, you look at Miss Fancy Coach out there, and you know, doing <laughs> what you, you know, it, those are the things that you look at and you say, at the end of the, like you said we're so rewarding uh, when you're around them. You're like not a star, but you have notoriety and there's nothing more fun than being around your family and all of them want to pick your brain about what's going on with you. Uh, that's, that's true. It's so yeah. fulfilling, so fulfilling coach. So I, I completely, um, you know, sympathize with what you're saying. I, I hear it. I hear you talking loud and clear. Uh, so coach, uh, I always ask this question about legacy and I know it's still early on for you as well. Um, yeah. But as a working legacy, kind of like a day by day, you know, a lot of things we talked about already and how you interact with your players and build with them relationally and how you uh, want to influence them and impact their lives. But at the end of your career, coach, down the line, what would you want to be said of you? Yeah, you're right. Such a in the moment kind of person. I have no clue, uh, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, really, I just. I want to win a lot of games because yeah. that you can just so much good stuff comes of that. And when those games, you teach those people how to win. And at the end of the day, it's the people that last longer than some stupid jewelry or net. I lost all that stuff already with our time at Olu. But yeah. what's really cool is getting like a, you know, a text from one of my former players at LSU West first kid, you know, I got, I got coaches a, head coach she sends me a, a picture of an invite hey this is ariana's first birthday i know you can't make it coach but here's the invite wow. i'm like oh damn that was nice. really cool but you know we went to two national tournaments together i mean we we were in the trenches together yeah. and just when you compete so hard with people that have that same mindset there's to me nothing better in a career i mean I have my family and my friends. And that's a whole other thing that I love so much. But as far as this career thing, it, it just, it's, it's so much fun and rewarding. And to have those relationships with those kids when they're done, you know, I, that, that to me is, I guess, a legacy. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm going to have a book Vivian Stringer had, <laughs> but I don't Who care knows? because, you know, you just never know. But at the end of the day, that, this is my Rutgers. This is my Tennessee, wherever yeah. I've been at, that's yeah. been my nice. Connecticut. Nice. And so, you know, I was telling one of our kids this recently, I'm like, you could be like a Sabrina Inescu. I'm like, okay, like our version though. <laughs> there is no other Sabrina Inescu right now. My yeah. God. 
but I'm like, I ain't no Kim Mulkey. I'll be y'all's Kim Mulkey, right? I can be yeah. our Raging Cajun version. So, yeah. awesome. you know, legacy, that's a heavy word, but I just want to be the absolute best at whatever program we're at, whatever level, doesn't matter. But yeah. we got to be the best human. And then I think it'll correlate to the court, which will then correlate to the, you know, record. Coach, if you do write a book, I know what the it, it's going to have either one title or another title. One of them being <laughs> "Good Human Code," the Good Human Code, or I already suck know. it up. Second one, second one, yes, the second one. <laughs> so yeah, yes, yeah, no. that'll be the title. That's good. Best, I'm gonna have to best seller. Co-sign. Best That's seller. my mom. Yeah. That's all my mom. Yeah, she'll so. do the forward for you. Forward it. Yeah. Yep, there you go. <laughs> That's Good. right. Coach, thank you so much. I really do appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, thank you for your perspective and sharing with us here again. This platform was just built on helping coaches coach better, be better people, you know, just learning from each other. Really, it's just to learn from each other. And and I I know we'll do that with this as well. Yeah, I mean, I've been gotten into podcasts like since this summer and I'm on the road so much. I don't listen to music too much anymore all I do is podcast all day and so when you reached out and of course you know there's other good coaches Hannah Hayden and the Lacey the people you named that just um, learning from all these people has been exciting and just to be a little tiny part of it is again rewarding I'm very grateful you spent time to um, talk and I appreciate it and I'll keep listening keep doing what you're doing this is great thank you so much coach awesome thank you for listening to the creative coaching podcast know that you are appreciated so please take the time to listen to us on anchor apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher you can also follow us on twitter at creative coach 47 here again all of this i thank you for please leave a rating subscribe follow leave feedback uh this is your platform so you know take ownership of it and here again you are appreciated so thank you 